Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. Larry Kreider here with the podcast this week. And with me in the studio today is my good friend, Dave Smith. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Larry. So good to be here. Yeah, it's so good to have you. You and Alyssa have been missionaries for many years in New Zealand. And we hear all these stories. You get, you've got a ton of stories that you can tell <laughs> us about leadership and what to do, what not to do. Yes. So let's go back to the beginning. Did you, when you were growing up, did you have an idea you'd be involved in leadership of some kind? Did you have that kind of a call in your life? Yeah, good question. My, you know, my dad was always, uh, well, at first he was a preacher and then he became a pastor. So right. kind of grew up in the church having a good example of, of uh, seeing, you know, Mostly what to do for right, my dad. Right, <laughs> right. We won't go into the not, what not to <laughs> right. do. Really, but but uh, yeah, you know, I, I uh, always was able to to be involved with church and kind of see how it all works sure. from the inside out. Now, where did you go? Did you grow up in New Zealand? No, I grew up in San Diego. San Diego uh, area. San Diego, California. Beautiful area. Wow. Beautiful place. Yep. Yeah. Uh, weather is amazing. And uh, you, yeah. can't, you can't beat the prices out there. Yeah, yeah, no. Not, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being out there a couple months back and... Everything was really expensive in that part of the world. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful area. Yep. So you grew up there, and uh, when, how did you come to Christ? How did that happen? Were you really young? Yeah, yeah. I think I came to Christ when I was about eight. I really? Remember, just in a church service. And uh, I always knew of God, yeah. Larry, you know, growing up in the church. And I actually went to a Christian high school and, and things like that. But uh, when I got to university, I was pretty much at a place where I had my whole life planned out. And oh, I was really? getting ready to be a, a Christian school teacher or a pastor. I had a girl that I was thinking I was going to marry. Yeah. And uh, one day, just out of nowhere, the Lord just spoke to me very clearly for the first time. And he said to me, Dave, I love you and I love what you're doing, but you never took a chance to ask me what I wanted to do with your oh, life. Oh, wow. That's oh. a key to leadership. Oh, there you go. Whoa. Yeah, just wrecked me. And, and uh, so I ended up trying to evaluate. This is like a strong impression you Just had? a real strong impression, you know. God was speaking. Of conviction, really. Yeah. You know? Not yeah. condemnation, but just sure. a real conviction of sure. the Lord. You never really involved me in this. And I thought because I was going to do some ministry or something good, right, that obviously right. God must be in it. Right. But I realized I was kind of trying to take control of my own life. Sure. And so I evaluated and kind of asked the Lord, you know, lead me into what you want me to have. And yeah. ended up meeting this one person that said, hey, I'm going to go do this thing called YOM. going to do a discipleship training school. And something just kind of started beating in Had my heart. Had you heard of that before? I'd never heard of it before. Interesting. Never heard of it. Except for in the book, uh, No Compromise by Keith Green, which was one of my oh, favorite yeah, books of all time. Oh, yeah. Way back. Yeah. And so I uh, looked it up and, and ended up, I felt like I was supposed to go to Australia when I was 18 years Interesting. old. Interesting. Take a leave of absence from school. I went and tried to butter my parents up by taking them out to Denny's. And, uh, <laughs> you took them to Denny's? I took them to wow. Denny's. I, I took, you know, wine and dyed them, you know, and I, and I said, guys, I think I'm going to stop school for a little bit and, and go and take a discipleship training school in, in, uh, in Australia. My poor mom started crying, my son's going to be homeless. And my yeah. dad was a little bit more supportive you know, of, of the decision. <laughs> um, but it ended up just changing the course of my life. 
And you went to New Zealand. I went to Australia at first. Australia first. And then uh, that was in the year 2000. And okay, one, gotcha. 2001. And which part of Australia? Uh, Townsville, Australia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the that was real, your BTS. Real Crocodile Dundee area. Wow. You know, every, everything there can kill you, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going for six months. Ended up staying for five years. And uh, just a beautiful time. Wow. So, you know, growing up, you had some inclination that you're going to be involved in leadership. You thought I'd be a pastor or whatever. Or you weren't right. quite sure. And so how did that change you being there? And by the way, mm-hmm. anybody listening right now, if you want to know more about YWAM, you want to know about Dave and Alyssa Smith and their ministry, it's all in the show notes. Check that out. We'll make sure all this is on there. Yes. Uh, and also, I don't want to forget to say that, uh, Dave, you are an author also. You're, <laughs> you're one of 24 voices reflecting in missions today in a book called Evolving Missions, compiled by Peter Bunton and Hilary Vargas. So you got the very first chapter, three chapters in this book. So check yes. out this book. Check out the show notes, Evolving Missions, 24 Voices. Great book. So talk more about leadership, things that you were thinking about during those days. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd always seen leadership from afar. And I think as a young person, you, you have a lot of energy and right. a lot of zeal. Right. And, uh, you know, I remember, especially as an American, we have a little bit of a mindset sometimes when you're going overseas to do missions, you, you kind of feel like a superhero, you know, right. I'm going to save the world. You right. know? And uh, I remember God very gently kind of guiding me in that and going, well, I'm the one that's actually going to save the world. <laughs> but if you'd like to be a part of it, sure. <laughs> I'd love you to be sure. a part of it. You know? Sure. So uh, I remember one of the most eye-opening experiences um, at first was as a uh, as, as a 19-year-old uh, leading a outreach team to rural uh, Thailand. Wow! Um, and uh, the team that I was given, uh, amazing people, but uh, man, they had some uh, <laughs> had some issues. We had one person that had uh, cerebral palsy, pretty bad. So there was uh, some mobility issues. We had one guy who just before the outreach had finalized a divorce, wow. so he was a bit of a wreck. We had one wow. person that had manic depression. And she forgot to take her medication as we got to oh, Thailand. No. So we had this just conglomeration of a lot of different, you know, things kind of coming together all at once. And the place where we were staying in Thailand uh, had no running water, no electricity, and squatty potties. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, as a 19-year-old, you have a lot of energy. Um, <laughs> but maybe not a whole lot of wisdom, right, you know, to right. deal with those things. And, you know, I remember afterwards... Um, being very thankful that God led us into that situation to realize that, uh, you know, there's very little I can do, but if we, if we do say yes to the Lord, he will lead us. And you know, it's interesting with that, that team of, of amazing, but very broken people, we ended up uh, speaking to hundreds of schools uh, about Jesus Christ. Some of them, the Buddhist run. And and, and we, we saw a lot of people come to know Christ who had never heard the name of Christ. That's amazing. It's pretty amazing how God leads us. God uses anyone, you know, if we're just willing to be used, even though we're very broken, we understand that he'll still use us to see his kingdom built. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, one, one, one other story, you know, in that same vein. I love to hear your stories. I, uh, there's a, there's a nation called Vanuatu, very, very small island nation in the middle of the Pacific, you know. Yeah. When I spent time in New Zealand, there'd be a lot of people from Vanuatu being New Zealand. That's correct. That's correct. And, uh, we got an opportunity, a, a different outreach team. I think I was 18 or 20 at the time, somewhere around there. And uh, we went from village to village, just, sure. you know, praying for people, praying for healing, you know, and, and right. whatnot. And they always loved us to come to the front of their church and pray. You know, it was that whole healing yeah, line. Yeah, right, right. You know, growing up in a Lutheran church, um, healing wasn't something that we talked about a lot, you know, <laughs> growing up. And so we had a team of, of three guys and 13 girls. And uh, the girls were always, you know, real energetic about, yes, let's heal, let's pray, you know. And uh, I, I have to admit, I was the one that kind of tried to sneak in behind the girls, yeah. pretend like I was praying just to look spiritual, <laughs> uh, but didn't really feel comfortable praying for somebody. 
So there was this one village where this was taking place again. I was trying to hide behind my sure. girls, you know, being very manly in this. Right, right. And uh, I just so happened to look up as, as I was praying, and this guy at the back of the room made eye contact with me, big smile, and I, he just making a beeline straight for me. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. And as he got closer, I noticed his, uh, his arm had, had a real defect in it. It right. kind of shriveled up. He couldn't, right. he couldn't do anything right. except for hold it close to his chest. So anyways, he got next to me, and he, uh, he was asking in his native language, um, could you please pray for me sure. for healing? And so I had this moment of, okay, so either I can run away <laughs> right. and, and, and hide, you know, hide and, and try not to uh, you know, encounter this, this opportunity, right. or I can just do whatever I can to just put my hand on him and pray and hope that God would show up. So the only thing I really knew how to do at that point in terms of healing was I remembered watching Benny Hinn back in the day oh, on, t- on a televangelist, you know. And so I tried to, to, to conjure up my inner Benny Hinn there. And I know we're on a <laughs> podcast. I'll try not to be as loud as I was that day. But I put my hand on his shoulder and I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed, you know. And to nobody's surprise, nothing happened, right. you know. And I just thought, man, you know, I don't know if I have what it takes to be a missionary. Yeah. You know, this, this uh, yeah, I just don't have it. Sure. Long story short, uh, the next morning we found out his village was going to come back to the village we were staying at. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to see this guy again. Right, and he's going to try to you know, right. ask me to pray for him. Um, and sure enough, you know, he showed up with his village. They came to our village for breakfast. And he comes up to me and he's speaking Bislama in his native language. And I can't yes. understand anything he's right. saying, but at least he doesn't hate me. And he's shaking right. my hand. And then he left. And I thought, okay, well, at least he doesn't hate me. That's good. And then two, two members from my team and the translator for our team came sure. up to me. And they said, Dave, did he tell you what happened? And I said, I said, well, he tried to, but I don't speak Islam right, very well. Right. <laughs> and they said, well, this is what happened. They said, after you prayed from that night, he went back to his village and he had a dream. And in his dream, you were praying for his arm again in the yes. dream. But this time, God showed up and he placed, God placed his hand on over top of your hand. And in his dream, his arm was healed. Wow. But the next morning, the crazy thing was he woke up and his arm was completely healed in real Praise life. God. Now, he came with his village and this hand he was shaking my hand with was his actual healed hand. And, wow. And in my just feeling sorry for myself and thinking I didn't have what it, you know, what it took to yeah. be a missionary, I did not realize that the healing had taken place and his healed hand was shaking my hand. And I realized in that moment, you know, being a leader, being a missionary, being in ministry, yes. there's very little that God requires of us. Right. What he really requires is saying a simple yes and being That's obedient right. to follow through in it. That is so good. So key to leadership is saying yes to God. And, and, how, and whatever he asks you to do, we say, Lord, we're trusting you to do it through us. And God does it. Wow. 100%. Now, somewhere along the line, you met Alyssa. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I did. I met Alyssa when I was in Australia, in Townsville. Okay. Uh, uh, it's an- another story for another day, but as soon as I uh, shook her hand after she got off the plane, yeah. I felt like God said, this is who you're going to marry. Really? Uh, my my response at that point, I wasn't really looking into getting into a relationship. My response at that point was, get behind me, Satan. This must not be for God. <laughs> I told her afterwards, not not when I first met right. her. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah, we ended up being friends for four years, wow. and we moved back to the States to get married, um, and we asked God... Do you want us to go to California, where we're from, where I'm, I'm from, to Florida, where Alyssa's from, or to Australia? And to our surprise, God said, move to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Wow. So that's how we got to Pennsylvania. That's amazing. Weren't you in a band? <laughs> yes. Was, was that in Pennsylvania? That was in Pennsylvania, yes. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. what did you learn about leadership by being in the band? Uh, patience. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, it was it was good. Um, we did a band for about about four years in, yeah. in Pennsylvania. We got to play at Creation and did you? That's tour, fantastic. Yeah, I got to tour around the East Coast a bit. That's and, um, fantastic. We actually the whole point of doing the band in the first place was to to support another Dove missionary, uh, Justin and Rowan Shrum. Sure. With the Justice Project, yeah. and we got to raise some money for yeah. for them and they, as they were starting up. So that yeah. was that was a great experience. Speaking of Dove missions, DMI Dove Mission International, you're about a part of that, along with many other missionaries. And I just want all of our listeners to know if you want to know more more about missions, know more about practical missions. Uh, check the show notes, Dub Mission International is on there. Um, Peter Bond and his team would do all they can to help you find your way in, in missions, whatever that looks like. So let's continue this journey. You and, you and Alyssa now, you're married, just continue this journey. Tell us more stories. I love your stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we moved up to Lancaster. We only knew one couple um, that we had known from, uh, from, from Australia, actually. And okay. the, the, the guy, his name is Matt Thomas, and his wife's Natalie yeah, Thomas. I know them well. Yeah, and uh, they they were living in Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my whole life, I never lived anywhere that had this this white stuff that fell from the sky called snow. <laughs> so we moved up in February of all months. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome and, to uh, snow time. You know, I, I thought, man, I, I've, I've always wanted to do ministry. We just did missions. I must obviously... Uh, be stepping back into ministry, and, and God led us actually to uh, a job at a at a wastewater plant here in Lancaster yes. City. Uh, and uh, it, it, believe it or not, I learned a lot about leadership from working at that job. Talk about that. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, you you, you kind of live around blue collar workers right. and you know cursing and yep. and whatnot. Um, but it was the day in day out. Uh, just the the discipline of coming, doing your job, realizing that you know ministry doesn't have to happen in a church or on a right. mission field. Ministry right. can happen right next door, yeah. you know, or even at the wastewater plant. Right. And to be really honest with you, I, I remember um, there's different stages. And if you don't know what a wastewater plant is, uh, basically, if you have a toilet and you flush it, it goes down to the wastewater plant. We have to make sure that uh, the water before it goes back into the river or or the receiving water is is clean. You know, yeah. thank God we have those. Right. Those, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But I remember one day doing a fairly dirty job, and I'll save the listeners, you know, too many uh, details on it. <laughs> but watching what comes through the sewers, I was watching right. it, you know, and I remember crying out to the Lord after about five years of doing this job, yeah. and I just said, "God, I, I, I feel so far away from uh, from doing ministry. You know, I just feel so far away from everything that I think I should be doing right now." And in God's humor, He just kind of looked down and He, he said. Dave, you are doing ministry. This is where I've placed you for this time and place. Right, right. And and he says, you know, sometimes doing ministry is dealing with other people's crap. There you go. And there you go. <laughs> I thought I heard a rim shot, you know, put him, you know, as, right, as he was kind right. of talking about this. But it just was a real um, big revelation, I guess. I'd sure. Say, you know that hey, you know. I need to be faithful in the small with what I've been given right now. Mm. You know, we talk about sometimes um, don't despise the uh, small beginnings, you right. know, or, 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 you know, small, yep. what we would consider small callings. Right. But I think oftentimes God, as he prepares you for a leadership position, a lot of times he's bringing in the integrity, you That's know, right. and, and the consistency that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was a young person, it was that whole energy of going, let's right, do this, let's right. go, let's do this. And, right. Um, but I think as, as I've gotten older, I've realized um, leadership is a lot more about um, perseverance, right? you know, and actually dealing with the day-to-day than it is, yeah. you know, going and doing these grand things. Yeah, you're talking about leadership in many levels here. You're talking about leadership yes, first right. as a missionary, about leader, leadership at the, at the waste management plant, <laughs> of it, right? Leadership in a band. Yes. So what other principles did you learn during those early years? And we're going to later get into 
you know, what happened next and going to New Zealand and all sure, that. Sure, sure. But what kind of truths or principles did you learn in leadership that help younger leaders today? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think as a younger leader or, you know, somebody that has somewhat of a natural ability to right. lead other people, um, sometimes we, we have the tendency to think, um, I can do this by myself. Okay. You know, this yeah. is, this, yeah. you know, I have the skills or I have the talents. And I've always been a bit blessed that I've been pretty good at most things I've put my hand to. Sure. Um, but the, the, the principle is, is that, you know, even if you're a star baseball player, you still need a coach to maximize yeah. your talents. You okay. know? And I think I realized um, from, from the point from when I was a younger leader to as I was becoming, you know, maybe a bit more of a mature leader in right. my 20s or whatnot, right, right. I really needed a coach. I really needed a mentor. Right. Good. You know, um, and and with that, um, picking the right one too. Yes. You know, oftentimes we want to pick somebody that we know is going to be easy on us. Right. You know, but we don't really maximize you know who we right. are and, and our right. talents if if we just get somebody that tells us everything we want to hear. Right. Right. You know, so we need to identify somebody. Maybe it's not even in the situation. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a mm-hmm. missionary, maybe it's a, a pastor back home who's not involved right. in the actual ministry that you're doing, so they can offer a fresh voice. So did God give you that? He did. He did. He did. Um, I mean, often we have more than one mentor. There's, we have many mentors, too, in different seasons of life, and that's absolutely. important, too. Absolutely. Uh, but talk about that. How that worked for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always had parents who were Christians okay. that I could go, go to and, sure. and be able to. But, you know, parents, as, as well-meaning as they are, oftentimes have a bit of a, a stake in the game. They do. Know? They're biased. So yeah, obviously, a little bit biased. Their, their child. Yes, <laughs> that's know? right. You know, they love us, you know, for some right, reason sometimes. Right. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I, I um, had this pastor, especially when we got to, to Lancaster. Um, his name was Tom Barnett, and yeah. he was just a real uh, godsend for me. Yeah. Uh, learned so many principles from him. He's an amazing pastor. Amazing really guy. Yeah. You know, amazing guy. And he was a missionary for years, too, which helped you also, probably. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I had this other guy uh, who I think you've probably had on the podcast before, Steve Prokopchek. Oh, yeah. Um, he used to drive me bananas because, <laughs> as we were about to talk about, I, I've, I've had this dream to go to New Zealand for 15 years before we went, and I kept telling Steve, Steve, you know, when, when is it going to happen, Steve? When, when is this going to happen? And he just, in his wise way, he just kept saying, like, it'll, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah. You know? so, Steve, come on. Give me some yeah. actual wisdom here, you know. And <laughs> kind of like when, you, when you're trying to figure out who you're going to marry and somebody right. says, you'll just know when it's right. Right, and thanks. Huh? It's a true statement, but at the time, you just you don't want to strangle that person. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Good. So talk then about the next part of this journey. How did you get back into missions? You're in this plant. I mean, all this stuff's going on, and God's showing you that's ministry right now for you, and that's so powerful, so important. Yes. I go, what we're doing in life, that's ministry. Mm. And we, we often talk about full-time ministry. We think either a pastor who's supported by the church, or we think of a missionary supported by, you know, supporters or whatever. But we're all in full-time ministry. It's just exactly. different people pay the bills, you know, write our the checks that we help us live. That's right. So we're all in full-time ministry in a way. So talk about the next step of this journey for you and Alyssa. Yeah, definitely. So once we had moved to Lancaster, you know, as, as I was working at the wastewater plant, I kept thinking back to when I was 18 and I had first stepped step foot in this nation called New Zealand. Yeah. Now, the, the, in the Pacific, two, two of the biggest, you know, countries are Australia, which is where we had been, right. and then New Zealand. Correct. And then you have 7,000 different Pacific islands. Right. So it's a, it's a vast yeah. vast amount of land even yep. though it's in the middle of the nowhere pacific you know so anyways when i had stepped foot in new zealand i felt like god spoke a very specific thing and he said i want to bring hope to the pacific in a new way okay and it's just something that resonated with me over the years and yeah. i couldn't forget that that yeah. statement so we were in lancaster and we kept having these little confirmations along the way of of new zealand somebody would write mm-hmm. a prophetic word and i'd get really excited and show my wife and she'd just smile and say that's nice dear it's not <laughs> it's not the right timing you know and i'd say are you sure you know? right and uh 
uh, we just kept having these different confirmations to the one point where we uh, we had to go and stay at our neighbor's house one time and uh, it was during a snowstorm and our power got knocked out and we went in there and as God does, he uses his humor to speak to us in different ways. And I, w- I went to the restroom and in his, in his restroom, he had a magazine and his magazine had this, this, this ship, this medical yeah. ship on the yeah. front of it. And it said, it's called the Pacific Hope. And I thought, huh. oh, I'm really intrigued by that, considering the, the phrase that had been going over and over in my head. So I started reading this magazine and I found out it was in New Zealand. And so I took one step further than that, and I looked on the website, and turns out it's in Toronga, New Zealand, this wow. medical ship called the Pacific Hope. And so I got really excited, and I showed Alyssa, and she smiled at me again, and my wife Alyssa. <laughs> she said, that's nice, dear, you know, in the right timing, we'll, we'll go. Sure. At this point, we had two kids, uh, and we're looking at, you know, pretty substantial giving right, up a lot of things right, if we were going to go right. to missions again. So a few weeks after that, we were at our little church in Dove Elizabeth Town in yeah. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And our pastor, who I just mentioned, Tom Barnett, he, uh, he got sick right before the service. And one of the eldership came up to me and said, is there anything you'd like to share today? Because we don't have any message uh, planned. And so I said, yeah, sure, I can, I can you know, talk a little bit about God's faithfulness. And anyways, without asking my wife, I decided to talk right. about New Zealand and the things along the way that he right. had spoken. And she kind of gave me the evil eye from the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was preaching this message, you know, from the bottom of my heart, there was a visitor that day who decided that he wanted to say something in the middle of my message. Sure. So he walked up to the front of the church and he asked for the microphone. And I thought, oh, this is a little bit awkward, but sure, why not? And he took the microphone and he says, hi, David. Uh, my name is Mike Mears. I'm from Tauranga, New Zealand. Um, I'm just visiting today, but I'm actually the national director of YWAM Ships in New Zealand. I work on the Pacific Hope, so wow. I think we should probably talk after the service. Wow. And I started crying and... I looked over at my wife and she was crying. I thought, yes, the timing is right. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, so that, that, that really expedited our, our journey into New Zealand. And uh, we uh, yeah, talked about perseverance. We sold everything. We got ready to go in uh, 2016. Uh, to New Zealand, and we showed up, and a few months after we showed up in New Zealand, the Pacific Hope actually became the Atlantic Hope. <laughs> it moved, oh, wow. and so we started thinking, okay, Lord, did we hear wrong? What's going on? And through a long series of events, we found out, no, we didn't hear wrong. We were in New Zealand. We got to be involved quite a bit with the indigenous people groups there right. in New Zealand, the Maori. Um, got to, to see the amazing thing that God was doing and weaving together two very diverse cultures in, into deeper into who he is. And then very randomly, uh, a couple years ago, we got a phone call um, involved with this base called YWAM Furnace in Tauranga, New Zealand. And we got a phone call from a gentleman who said he'd like to donate his ship to our ministry. And so we did a little bit more digging and we found out uh, it was a $4 million ship wow. that he was wanting to give to, the, to, to our base, to our ministry, to use for medical purposes. Now this gentleman was not a Christian. He had a wife um, who had become a Christian just before she died, and her dying wish was this, that this ship would be able to use for the kingdom of God in some way. Wow, that's amazing. And so through this process, he donated a $4 million ship with a full tank of gas and actually more money on the side to go to start this new uh, ship ministry. And when I, when I say ship ministry, what we do is we provide um, medical care and, and optical and dental and some primary health care to some of the remote islands in the Pacific that don't have access sure. to getting to a doctor very sure. easily. And through that meeting of a practical need, we're often able to share uh, spiritual needs in terms of telling them about Jesus and, and offering them why we do what we do. So it's mm. just been this amazing process of uh, God's faithfulness over the years. 
Um, and you know, in terms of being a leader in that in that kind of sure. respect, really, again, it comes back to what I said earlier of just the simple saying of yes, God, yes, yes we will yes. go, yes, we will do what you yes. called us to do. And you know, I'm not a medical professional. Alyssa's not a medical professional, but we've used our our leadership and our experience mm-hmm. to this point to be able to help with administrative work, to meeting with business owners, meeting with politicians, to open up avenues for the ship to be able to go um, to Fiji in about seven days. Wow, which is amazing. that yeah. is an amazing, yeah. amazing story. So as you look back over your life, mm. so thus far, sure. what are some things you would have done differently? Say, I wish you would have done differently. Are there some things that, or maybe you did it all right? <laughs> perfect people. Yes, we can end the podcast right now. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, like I said. What would I, you change? Um, I would go back to me, uh, to young David, and, and I would say, identify a mentor earlier. Okay. Identify somebody that uh, okay, isn't going to just sugarcoat good. things. Yeah. Um, and it's actually going to walk with you in this, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 um, I've definitely tried to do things on my own a lot more than I should have. Mm. Um, and I think the other thing, too, to be really honest with you, and especially having a young family now, right. uh, I think we're, we're realizing the importance of having boundaries. Right. Um, and yes, it's good and well to have good stories from, you know, doing missions sure. or doing ministries sure. or whatnot. Um, but it's so important to really be looking after your family, being after looking after loved ones, and really, most importantly, looking after yourself. Right. Because we can really easily burn out if we yes. don't have proper boundaries in our life. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Wow. This is so, so, so refreshing. You know, do you find some, you know, you're, you've been in leadership in New Zealand and you, know, you are a leader wherever you go. Uh, do you see differences today in leadership than you would have seen like 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Yeah, I think Speak I think that. I think if you would have asked us asked me this uh, maybe three years ago, I would yeah. say I think it's pretty similar. But I think you know, man, I'll tell you what. Over the last two or three years, especially with this whole COVID uh, right. incident coming exactly. across the earth, um, exactly, people have become a lot less um, interested in, in doing things outside the house. You know, there's yeah. so many there's so many things vying for our attention mm. right now. Um, be it social media or the news or t- television. I mean, just even in the word itself, television. So you're communicating right, a vision, you know. Right, right. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, the enemy loves the fact that there's so many things vying for our attention. Right. And, uh, you know, what we focus on really is what we become. You know, William Blake said it in the 18th century, a poet for an 18th century. He said, we become what we behold. Wow, you know, true. and uh, I think about my, my I think about my iPhone, you know, and it's a real blessing in a lot of ways. But I remind myself in saying I'd be holding my phone, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if I ever forget, you know, if I'm starting to feel anxious or whatnot, I think about Philippians four, six, you know, yeah. don't be anxious in anything, but in everything, but yeah. prayer petition, present your request to God exactly. and the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. God, he talks about there at that yeah. point. Um, yeah. And so, mm. you know, I think. I think we've become so focused on, you know, with the current rules of, of uh, COVID or what's not happening or what we can or can't do. We really forget that, that revelation for that beauty of God in his throne room mm-hmm. and what's happening in heaven mm-hmm. and how Jesus, when he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yeah. You know, he, we, Jesus is telling us right. we through, through leadership, through ministry, through missions, we, our focus really needs to be on creating the kingdom of heaven here on earth. You know, yeah. this is our practice run. Uh, basically, True. you know, True. Um, and that, you know, heaven is a fully functioning society yeah. and everything that we're doing isn't just, isn't just onto salvation. It's onto creating heaven here on earth, mm. you know, 
And so, um, yeah, I know we were talking about, you know, leadership and what we wouldn't do and, and whatnot. But I, and I think that's the, the, probably the biggest thing I'd go in back and tell 18 year old David, you know, is, uh, hey, Dave, um, just open up the Bible there. Let's focus on the Lord. Don't right. be anxious. Don't worry about yeah. the next bills coming in. Don't right. worry about this next ministry. Don't worry about being in rural Thailand with no running water. You know, right. just focus right. on the Lord. Just focus on yeah. Jesus and the beauty of who He is, and everything really come to pass so from good. that. Yeah. And looking back in all of our lives, you know, we've all done things we would do differently today. But Romans eight twenty is still true. Yes. You know, all things still work together for good to those right. who love God. Yes. And those called according to His purpose. So God weaves all these things in our lives into His purposes in amazing ways. Yes. Dave, while time has gone so fast, author, one of the authors, twenty four voices on evolving missions, his book on missions. Thank you for your insights on that. And again, this is on the show notes. You can pick this up. Uh, compiled by Peter Bunton and Hillary Vargas. And you've got three different chapters in there. A lot of insight you've got in this book. Thank you for, for writing that. And so that's that's available. And if you want to know more about Dave, Alyssa, more about what they're doing, what they're up to for the future, of course, you're going to be back in New Zealand here in a couple of weeks. Uh, back in leadership, again, in leadership with, with Youth of the Mission there and um, for this next season of your life. So you want to get a hold of them, check the show notes. It's all in the show notes. Uh, we've got information about Dub Mission International on there, Youth with a Mission, you know, whatever you need to take you the next leg of your journey. Uh, any any last thoughts that you have you want to share with younger leaders? Any small things they could change hmm. that would make a huge difference in their lives in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I think we've gone, like I said, we've gone through a crazy period of, of history, yep. but the time is is now to go, it you is. know. Projections are by 2033, we can actually fulfill the Great Commission, yeah. reaching every wow. culture and having the Bible translated into every language. Yes. And I think God would say, let's go. Let's not stay in our in our rooms and, and worry about safety. Let's go. And, uh, you know, let's just say that simple yes to the Lord. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Dave Smith, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all these leadership insights on the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Again, check out the show notes for everyone who's listening today from the different nations around the world. And we look forward to seeing you again real soon. God bless you all. Have an amazing day in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.